Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Tony will have a conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the newest, hottest, and best trends from all walks of life. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, movers and shakers. Thanks for joining in with us. We're all here to learn, get better in our life and on our business. We all have our goals, our objectives. We want to do better. And I think that's why I spotlight top entrepreneurs who tell us about their journey to success. I call them elite entrepreneurs, as you know. These people, they pushed and they pushed. They refused to give up, and they made something great for themselves. And, of course, part of being successful is to have a big customer list, a big customer base, lots of clients, and so forth. Isn't that what we all want? I know it's all about having abundance. That's the real key to success, especially in the world that we live in today. This is a big part of it. So even if you do it one at a time, your business is going to grow. And here's someone who built her empire one box at a time. I'm going to tell you about growing your community with Sarah Williams. And later on in this episode, we have an insider's brief about what kind of obstacles do you run into as an entrepreneur? This guest specializes in working to take his clients to seven digits, so stay tuned for that about halfway into this program. And by the way, are you selling a little or a lot? You know, Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. They're the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And that means from the launch your online shop stage to the First real life store stage all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, they got you covered. They help you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout That's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So that means you can sell more with less effort. And you know, what I love about Shopify is that how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I speak to so many people and they are the clear winner out there. Everyone loves it. It's so cool when everything just works nice and easy, isn't it? and they power 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So let's do this. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Tony now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Tony. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends move on your journey to success. We want to help you get very successful, and we're going to turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Sarah Williams is the subscription box queen. She's brilliant at growing your customer base and community, and she's a best-selling author. I'm playing with the buttons here. How do I bring her on? Oh, I think that says enough. Here we go. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. 
Sarah, we're all looking forward to learning about growing our customer base and our community. And you are the subscription box queen. You're very well known in your circles. Let's take it back a step. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, my backstory is that I started a little brick and mortar gift shop about 11 years ago in my local hometown. Um, I had been working for a series of large companies after I went to college, got a master's degree, got out in the workforce, and I worked for several companies. Three companies in a row that I worked for filed for bankruptcy, and I was laid off three times in a row. And at that point, I decided it was time for me to take my future into my own hands, and I started my own business. And I I really started small. I didn't even dream that it could be what it has become today, but it was just something I had little kids at the time. I wanted to be able to be home at night, not work six days a week like I had been doing for these Fortune 500 companies, not be stressed out all the time, and just do something that I really loved. So I started a little gift shop. It was um, a lot of handmade, hand-painted things, and I did a lot of personalizing. And so with that gift shop... I kept selling out of things, which is a great problem to have, but I was really small in in my town. I live in a town of about 100,000 people, which is a nice sized town, but it's not a Metroplex. And, um, but one Christmas, my little 600 square foot store had a line wrapped around the building because only about six or seven people could come in and shop. And I knew then that something had to change. Like I was, I really found a niche. I was the only place in town that you could go and have something personalized, something monogrammed, something with your name on it. And so I really found this really small niche um, that I could dig into. That after that Christmas, I moved into a larger shop. I had about 3,000 square feet in my new store. It was amazing. I was teaching some classes out of the back in my little studio. And that really grew in something that I, I had thought about for about 18 months prior was I really wanted to start a subscription box. This is like 2016, 17. Really the only people that were doing subscription boxes back then were big companies. And so I thought, how is this little small town business owner going to start a, a subscription box? I wasn't even online. I was just a local brick and mortar store. So I put it out of my brain. I just did what I knew how to do. And I, and I had a great store. And then my web developer came for his annual visit. We sat down. We went through my website. And my website was only, here's my location. Here's my store hours. Here's my store phone number. It was, I wasn't selling anything online. And I, I just really blurted out at the end of that meeting, I want to start a subscription box. And he was like, what does that mean? And so I was explained to him that I wanted to be able to deliver a box of goods to a customer and I wanted it reoccurring and I wanted to set it up that it would deliver every single month and that it would charge every single month. But I didn't know logistically how to do that. And he was like, well, I can set that up for you on the back end. If you know what you're going to put in it, we could launch this in 90 days. And I was like, let's do it. And so I started the subscription box and I really started it because I saw this need from my local customers. I would have a customer come in and and the frequency was about once a month. So I would see the same customer coming in my store about once a month. They would buy something for themselves. They would buy a gift for someone else. And so I thought, how could I take that customer that comes in every month and deliver a VIP experience for them? Like make them the VIP of my business, give them something exclusive, give them something that they don't see on the shelves and really make them the VIP of my business. And that's really how I started my subscription box. 
That is absolutely phenomenal. And from a gifts, a gift shop, a little store to doing that, it's, it's quite a jump. It's actually scary. And you did it. And not only did you do it, you became very, very successful at it, as we're going to go over to a minute. But there's one more leap, one more facet, one more step on this. And that is, you went from doing that successfully and growing that, but then you decided somewhere along the line to help other people do it. So I'm curious, where did that vision come in? How did that play in is like, hey, I can not only do this for me, I'll show other people how to do it. So how did that happen? So when I launched the subscription box, I had 44 subscribers. That was my first launch. I didn't even know how to launch a product online. And most of those subscribers were local anyway. So maybe there was one that wasn't local. But I went from 44 subscribers to almost 3,000 subscribers within about 18 months. So you can see this rapid growth that I am going through. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. I'm barely keeping up with the customer service that's involved in having 3,000 monthly subscribers. I'm barely keeping up with the people coming in the door. I'm having to hire people like I've never hired before. I was a solo entrepreneur for forever. Like I ran the register. I made the things. I shipped the things. Like I was all of that. So now I'm, I'm really having to push the gas on figuring out how to turn this very small business into a big business. And through that process, um, People were watching me and they were like, how did you do that? Where did you get your packaging? How do you buy from overseas? How do you do this? How do you do that? And so it became this like, pick your brain. Can I pick your brain? Can I take you to coffee? I don't have time for any of that, Tony. I am so busy. I can't even keep up with myself. Oh, and but, so but we always have time for a coffee. Come on. <laughs> I did it. I was trying to figure out how I was going to serve 3000 customers when I only had 44, like the year before. So it was, it was one of those things that I just started like answering some of the DMS. I didn't want to be not helpful. Like I'm a person, I'm a servant leader. I serve people. That's who I am. I'm a nurturer. I'm very, I don't know if you're an Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram four. And so like, I am very much um, a nurturing person. I want to help people. That's just my nature. So I would be in bed at night answering the DM saying, oh, this is how I did it. This is how I did it. And then I had one of those people say, can I hire you for some consultation so that I can launch my subscription box in the next three months? And I'm like, hire me? Like, I'm not a, I'm not somebody you, you just like, what, how do you even do that? Like, what does that even look like? And so I let her hire me for like the cheapest amount. She got the best deal of, of the, of the century on Sarah Williams. But, um, I helped her once a week, we would jump on a call and I helped her, um, build her subscription box and she launched it and she launched with 100 subscribers right out of the gate. And I was like the proudest mom that you could ever be. And I thought, this is it. I'm meant to do this. I love to help people. And the feeling that I got from helping her and watching her succeed, I knew I wanted more of that. I didn't know what that looked like at that time, but I knew I wanted more of that. I'm figuring out the, re the e-commerce business that's running. I've got enough employees to help me. I start to dig into this. Can I write a course? Can I create a membership? Can I, how can I teach people this? And I knew I wanted to teach one to many because I knew just from having my subscription box business, that was the goal. Fulfilling one order at a time took so long, but fulfilling a thousand orders that were the same at a time 
was where it was at for my e-commerce business. So I just applied that to the coaching part. And I was like, I'm going to build a membership. And everybody that had been in my DMs asking me questions, I sent them all a message saying, Hey, I'm going to start this thing called Launcher Box. I have nothing built for it yet. I'm going to take 20 people and I'm going to build it out with you over the next six months. It's this price. If you'd like to be a part of it, send me a reply. And I got 19 people to go all in with me. And I spent the next six months working with them and building out content um, for what I call what now is Launcher Box. Then I launched officially to the public. Um, and I had to build a whole new audience, Tony. Like I had people that liked cute monogrammed things over here. And then I had people that had small businesses. So it was a separate audience. And that was hard for me because I had been building this audience over here for seven years. I had to start from scratch over here because it was a completely different person. And that was like watching grass grow. Honestly, it was the hardest thing to start all over with building an audience, but I knew what worked. Like I'd gone through this before just in a different industry. So I knew I needed some opt-ins. I knew I needed a low dollar offer to get people into my pipeline and help me pay for Facebook ads. I knew that I had to build some social media accounts and get some content that people could consume and implement. So they got a win from it. And I slowly started to build that And my first launch, I got a hundred members. And then I launched three months later again, and I got 400 more members. And then I launched again four months after that, and I got 1400 new members. And within one year, I had a six figure reoccurring monthly revenue um, in this new coaching business. And now I was a business coach. And now I had to hire people for this part of the business because I had a community that I had built that needed me, but I was one to 1600 people. And I had to figure out how I was going to deliver this content. Delivering physical content was my sweet spot. That was my jam. I knew how to do that in my sleep. Delivering digital content, speaking, teaching, figuring out what they needed from me, that was different. And I had to figure that out. So that that's how I started the coaching business. Phenomenal. We're talking about growing your community with Sarah Williams, and you can find her at launchyourbox.com. That's L-A-U-N-C-H-Y-O-U-R-B-O-X.com. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's Elite Entrepreneurs. And if you like this show, would you please go to Apple Podcasts and drop a cool review? Just look up the Tony D'Urso Show and drop a kind one. And now I have an important insider's brief for you. So let's go to that next, and then I'll circle back to Sarah. In this digital age that we're in, what kind of obstacles do you run into as an entrepreneur? What's interesting is that I'm not alone. A study found that 90% of executives experience disruption, with 44% saying it's very serious. We've seen this in many industries. With us is Craig Goodlife. He's CEO and founder of Cyberbacker. They're a leading provider of virtual assistance and administrative support services. He's a specialist in helping and solving these types of issues, and he works to take his clients to a seven-digit income. Let's bring him on. Hi, Craig. Welcome to the show. We can always use some help. (laughs) Some of us are beyond help, but I'm here, and I need a lot, too. So thanks for having me. I'm a huge fan. And I got to tell you, my favorite thing about listening to you is you always get my mind going, Tony. So really excited to be here today. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. So great to have a fan on. And I really, really love this topic. You know, as I was saying, we can all, we all need this kind of help and there's, there's so much that goes on and I really like what you do. Let me try this. Let's kind of uh, tell the audience here and maybe let's try navigating through some disruption that's caused by technology. Yes, absolutely. Because there's plenty of technology that's being disrupted. And by the way, the truth is you're, you're the disruptor or you're the incumbent. And I remember when Facebook was disrupted, five executives quit because Google says we're getting into social media with this whole Google Plus platform. And fa some Facebook people thought we were doomed. What happened, Facebook being the incumbent, though, didn't allow themselves to get disrupted they adopted what was working on Google+, which was Circles and Hangouts, which is chat. They built Facebook groups and messengers. And because they were very uh, forward-thinking, they were able to go ahead and maintain their position. And so someone's always going to come out there and disrupt. It's how willing are you going to allow yourself to be disrupted. It was a different story with the whole Blockbuster and Netflix deal. So I think over the years, we've all seen companies come and go big companies that we thought would never ever die and yet they yeah. just disappeared you know i still remember schwinn bicycle when i grew up everybody had a schwinn today it's like you only know them because i think they came back because they started with dirt bikes and so forth otherwise they were gone and there's yeah. so many many we are disrupted and i think we've got to keep we you know, we got to keep our focus on what can we do because things change. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we don't. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think the biggest disruptor we have right now is the big question everybody has is what is this AI thing? And is it coming from my job? And <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's not as powerful as we think it is it'll never replace a human i've i've interviewed right. the foremost ai <clears throat> authority in the world who writes book every year about this and he said it'll never replace a human but you no. see it everywhere and you wonder it's replacing humans <laughs> well people thought the same thing with the internet when it can do all these things will i have a job anymore well it did take some jobs it, it moved them so it might be somewhere else. But we talk about this digital disruption, and we've got a few things to stay on top of it that have really, really worked that I want to be able to share with things. Is One thing is uh, know that you're never going to be the expert in it. And for me, I, I, I'm clear that I'm not going to be the expert of whatever the disruption is that's coming. We, it might be AI you and I are talking about today, and who knows what it's going to be tomorrow. But you're never going to be the expert, which is why I think the most important thing is that second step is to identify who is the expert. And where can you go ahead and get real valid information that's going to be able to do that? The ideal, I think, where the magic comes is when you can go ahead and find and hire an expert, they're with you and they're empowering you to utilize the disruption as a tool. Because back to the AI conversation, I would love to tell you that I'm some master of AI and I've done all these amazing things. I haven't. But what if that will do really, really well? And I think anyone can do is find someone who understands it. Have them go ahead and say, in your business, here's how we can go ahead and enhance what you're doing. And here's some things it can bring. Just like uh, Google Plus did. They went and said, okay, what does Facebook have to offer? Who understands this and knows this better than us? And they went ahead and they listened to people. They went ahead and found the people who were the experts at the time. And they adopted the disruption. They adopted the best parts of it. And what happened was people didn't move to Google Plus. And... 
if you you look at the other disruption, it's Blockbuster and Netflix. The disruption that really happened, that really got Blockbuster, was when Netflix went ahead and they stopped competing with them and they started competing with HBO. And they started saying, well, we've got exclusive content. You can't get this stuff at Blockbuster. That really did it. Well, and so we're always going to have disruptions coming. The question is, can you identify what's going to disrupt you and can you get ahead of it? And that's where the entrepreneur comes in because we're used to, or we should be, dancing and and changing and adopting and pivoting and all these things that come because they come fast, they come quick. And if you keep your fingers on the pulse, you can see what's happening and how it can impact your business. But one of the things that us entrepreneurs see is we're growing a business and we see a lot of funding challenges. I kind of a little bit of a switch here. But I wanted to get your take on that because so many of us uh, entrepreneurs seem to be um, having these types of issues. Yeah, we keep getting. So rewind. Can you go ahead and ask me that a different way? Sorry, I apologize because that was a great question. I don't want to miss. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I know I kind of switched a little bit because we just <laughs> we have just a little bit of time to tackle a couple of issues that I think are near and dear to us and us entrepreneurs okay we see the ai coming we're trying to figure out how can we utilize this but we're also trying to grow our business and there's challenges and one of those that i see a lot is funding oh if i only had so much more money if i only had this i could grow and you know you get this and i wanted to get your take on that yeah i'd love that and by the way i had one of my little brothers closest closest friends reach out and he says how did you get funding because our company now, we've got 2,700 clients, 27 franchises. We've got 3,200 people. They said, how'd you get funding? Um, we never borrowed a dime. And the reason, the way that we did it was we went ahead and wanted to make sure that we actually had a good idea. So we did a good proof of concept. Right now, I own a venue. And I'm going to be completely just letting the cat out of the bag. We're looking at revenue on people have these... Um, we see their Bluetooth headsets and they go to a dance concert and they listen with these headphones on and they go in and dance. And we're looking at, is there revenue in that? And how do you get funding? Well, for something like that, what you can do is you pre-sale uh, tickets to your event. You go ahead and you sell the actual headset or you let them reserve a space and rental and you collect up front to go ahead and have an event. Now, when you're having a lot of these big businesses, it's the same way. You're identifying a way to collect as much as you can up front, whether it's through sponsorships, because sometimes your business enhances somebody else's and they'll go ahead and they'll help you out. Whether you have pre-sales, maybe it's going to be something in merchandising, but you want to go as far as you can without borrowing money. And then the reason that that's important is because I think all of us have this inherent creativity. And when we ask ourselves a great question, we can go ahead and come up with a great solution. And I think if the question is, how do I go ahead and um, raise $100,000 without borrowing it to invest in my company, like how, how can I do that? You're going to come up with some options. I really like that, Craig, because borrowing money seems to be but isn't the, the low-hanging fruit. And it seems to be what some, let's say a portion of entrepreneurs go after because they know with that money they can grow. And so they put their time, attention, and resources into that. But I really love how you said of this, sit back, have a strategy, have a, have a think tank going on. You know, what pre-sales could we do? How can we get into this without 
borrowing and just really challenging yourself, make that the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. I, yeah. I really like that toward, uh, that style of approach. That's um, It's very refreshing. And I'm impressed that you grew so fast, so big, without borrowing. Well, we had a setback you, um, that helped. PayPal um, sent us a message that says, we're uh, taking your money and closing your account. You can have it back in 180 days. We just built our clients. We hadn't paid our people yet. They took $136,000 from us. Oh my almost God. destroyed our company. So I literally, Tony, kind of a funny story. I had to figure out in two weeks how to raise $136,000 to be able to make payroll. Oh and son God. of a gun, we did it. That's astounding. Okay, well, we want to learn. Are there any tips on that? <laughs> what did you do, please? No, I love the what did you do? We went ahead. And anytime in entrepreneurism, you just have to identify what's the problem you're working to solve. And then you come up with the solution for that. Because the, the more people that have the problem, the more customers you have. Now, if they don't have any revenue, they can't pay you to solve their problem. And if they have some money, then it's looking at what will the market bear so you can solve that problem for, uh, for them. We went ahead and went back to the tank and we said, here is a service right now that people would like our company to be able to do. And we knew exactly who to call. We called them. We offered this service. We said, here's what it's going to cost. Can you pay up front? They said, yes. We had a record best sales month in company history to that point. And it completely reinvented the company because we said, we're in a hole and we're going to work our way out of it. And we did. So we had to identify a different market, a different strategy. And we says, how many people could use this? We identified there were about 500 people. Not all 500 people said yes. But over 100 did. And that's how we went ahead and got out of where we were. So it was a great opportunity. I really like your point of view. And I am certain you can help a number of us grow our companies. I am absolutely positive. I'm going to ask you one more question, but I want to get right now. How do we find out more about you? What's your website? Where will we go for more information? You can go to cyberbacker.com. Cyber, C-Y-B-E-R, backer, B-A-C-K-E-R.com. That is exactly right. So I appreciate you saying it so eloquently. You're, you're, you have the voice for radio. I do not. So, and um, That's eight years of calling out URLs. There you go. Well, and you're welcome to connect with me on social media. If there's you see Craig Goodlife on social media, if he's from the UK or South uh, Africa, those are two different guys, not me. I'm the one from the US. Only difference. All right. Sounds good. And really fast, uh, I'm really curious about how uh, any any other tips that may come to mind. Uh, it's good. This is a wide pot. Customer acquisition and digital marketing. You're so good into it. You know, I just want to know if there's any other takeaways that we could learn from you on this. There's a lot of them. Going to customer acquisition. If you want to go ahead and have more customers, you want to be able to service more and do more, you've got to get more in their world and you've got to understand what their biggest problems are. And anytime you have a customer with a problem, you have an opportunity to make money. And if you want to make a lot of money, understand all their problems and figure out how you can solve them for them. But don't try to solve problems that you don't know how to solve. If I have one of my you know, customers needs brain surgery, that doesn't mean I sharpen my scalpel because I'm probably the wrong guy, nor do they want me cutting in their head. But if I find out their business, maybe they're a little low on revenue. And I can say, well, what could I have someone do to help them? Or how can I help them increase their revenue? And I can solve that problem for them then they can go ahead and pay me when they're clear that I can do this service for them so revenue goes up. But I'm going to tell you what, if you want to go ahead and get more out of your customers, number one, focus on how they get revenue and how you can help them increase more. 
You help them increase how they get revenue. They pay you for it. The cycle continues. And then it's, what can I go ahead and help you do next? What's the next problem you have in business? Is it scalability? Do you need to hire people? What is it? And the more you can go ahead and jump into your customer client's world, or if you don't have a customer client yet, you're one of those newer entrepreneurs just starting this, figure out who you work best for, who you serve best. And as long as you're doing that, and as long as you're serving the right people, I mean, you're always going to have success in business, but the client acquisition strategy comes down to how well you understand their problem and how good your ability is to solve it. You know, it's, it's, it's something that's easy to say. It's like, oh, let's build a house. But to yeah. do it is a lot of work. And oh, just buddy. about every entrepreneur, especially when you're starting off, you need customers. You need that help to get customers. And so what I'm getting from you is the more you understand how they get it, why they need customers, what they do for, cu- for customers, the more you can drill down, the better you can be a solution to help them on that customer acquisition. It's, it's, it's yeah. a, a little bit of a test of faith on there that they have to understand you can help them with that. That's absolutely right. And, and being able to go ahead and show through examples on here's how I can. Because sometimes you can help them bring in more revenue by, let's just say, a new website. But if they don't buy that vision, they don't see it, that's not going to be one of your customers. So they've got to feel like it resonates with them. Great points. Craig Goodlife, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it was short and sweet. For our audience here, go to cyberbacker.com and check it out. I'm very astounded with what he can do. And by the way, did I mention he works to take his clients to seven-digit income? That's astounding. Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you well. Thank you again. Thanks, Tony. And by the way, are you selling a little or a lot? You know, Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. They're the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And that means from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, they got you covered. They help you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout that's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So that means you can sell more with less effort. And you know, what I love about Shopify is that how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I speak to so many people, and they are the clear winner out there. Everyone loves it. It's so cool when everything just works nice and easy, isn't it? And they power 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So let's do this. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Tony now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Tony, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. And please check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts. There's a lot of great insights about anything that you can think of to help grow your business and learn from the success of others who have been through their hard knocks and came out as champions. 
Go to Apple Podcasts and type in Tony, D-U-R-S-O, and play what appeals to you. And now back to the chat with Sarah Williams talking about growing your community one box at a time. Sarah, we talked about, you talked about your purpose and why you did it, which was kind of woven in there. I really liked that. It was like, you could have, you could have directed these uh, inquiries other places, but you had this, you have, you have this passion to help people to, to see that they succeed. And I see that as a a foundation to your success here. And I want to drill down a little bit more now into your vision path. Again, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. Please help us learn. So let's start here. Is this something possible for most businesses? I want to get make sure that that's understood. And I'm talking about creating a subscription for their customers. Do you think that applies to a lot of businesses today? Yeah, I think that really any type of business can create a subscription box. What we saw in 2020 when the world started to shut down was this convenience factor. Um, you could have food delivered to you. You could have, we even had margaritas delivered to us in Texas. Like you could have everything delivered to your door. And that was something that not a lot of people at that time really did. Like we would go to the grocery store and pick and, and walk the aisles and pick up our groceries. Now we have them delivered. Now we do grocery pickup. Now we have Instacart bringing them shopping for us. And that really sparked in 2020. So what also happened during that time was this rise of subscription boxes because it was this convenience factor. You didn't have to be online and snag the thing when it became available. If you were a subscriber, you automatically got that thing. It was delivered to your door like clockwork every single month. And people got used to that. And it was something that people needed during that time. And you can see this big spike in my subscriber base in 2020 because people needed something to look forward to. They needed something to show up at their door when they couldn't go shop. When they when shops were closing down, mom and pop stores were closing all across the country because they couldn't sustain the closure. And my little mom and pop store was shut down as well. But I had this subscription and it allowed me to keep all my employees on staff without having to sell a thing because that that payment was coming out like clockwork of their account into mine and I was delivering that box still. Yes, I was packing them at home because I wasn't allowed to be in my shop, but it didn't stop. And I didn't have to show up and sell to people in a time where it was really hard to sell to people. It was already sold. So when you look at businesses right now, if you have a product-based business and you don't have reoccurring revenue in that product-based business, you're leaving money on the table. So whether that's an auto ship, whether that's um, a subscription box like mine, I even have a t-shirt club of the month. That's one of my subscriptions as well. Like There are so many things that you can do in a product-based business to get that reoccurring revenue. And if you have a product-based business, you know that it's feast and famine. It's up and down. Like if I show up and sell something today, I'm going to have sales. If I don't feel good tomorrow and I don't sell anything, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have sales. But that rent is due whether you have sales or not. So this really stabilizes your business. And for me, I, my big goal with that subscription box was if I could get 100 subscribers, all my overhead was paid for. My rent, my utilities, and the one employee that I had at that time 
was paid for. And then anything I sold in the store, that was the bonus. And so that was my big goal was to get a hundred subscribers. I did not know that within nine months I would have thousand, a thousand subscribers. I had no idea. That was not on my radar. I wanted a hundred subscribers just to stabilize my business. So product-based business, yes, you can have a subscription like this. I also have members that have digital subscriptions. So if you teach something like I have hand letterers, I have arts um, artists, I have crafters that teach projects, that teach how to letter, that teach how to do the macrame and all the things like they have memberships and they have a subscription box component to their membership. So they have the digital part and they have the physical part. Some of them sell them as one together. Some of them sell them separately. So you can be a part of the membership. Oh, if you want the kit that goes with that every single month, you can have that as well. Sarah, what kind of training do we need to be able to put together a subscription box uh, for our program, for our customers, whether we, we have a physical store or we, we have digital products? Like, I, I believe you have a, some classes or courses on, uh, to teach that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I have a membership. I actually have two memberships and a mastermind. I have um, Launcher Box. It's kind of the entry level um, part of, it's the entry level part of this. And so they come in, these are either people that have maybe started their subscription, but just feel like they don't know what they're doing, that they can get in and get started. Or these are people that are like, I want to start a business, but I don't know where to start. So we go through audience building. Like you talked about that in the opening. That's the very first thing that we have to do. We have to start figuring out who our ideal customer is and start building an audience, building a following and building a list. So that's the first place that I want to take you when you come in the membership. And then we've got to dig into the logistics, the product, the packaging, the fulfillment, the shipping. And so once we start building our audience, because we've got to get busy with that first, because we need at least a 90 day window of building an audience. If we're starting from scratch, if you already have an audience, you could launch a subscription box within 30 days and be on, on your, on the way to growing that. But we want to start with the audience. We want to build our following in our list. Then we want to dig into the logistics and understand that. And that's kind of the hardest part for people to understand. And that was the hardest for me to understand when I was starting um, my subscription box. I didn't know how I had never shipped an order ever. Cause I was just a brick and mortar store. People walked in and they left with their stuff. I'd never even shipped anything. So I had to figure all of that out. And then when you get to the point where you've got thousands of subscribers, that fulfillment looks different, that, that shipping looks different. And so it's learning those pieces. And as you're growing and scaling, how does it change? And what do you need to do differently? I also outline pre-launch, launch, and post-launch activities. Um, I'm going to teach you how to launch your subscription box because that's very, very important. Um, and then what you should be doing post-launch to prep and retain your subscribers because retention is very, very important in our industry. Sarah, I can tell that this is second nature to you. You just said, hey, how about a subscription box system? And it was like, boom. But for some of us, it might take a little bit more work. For example, how do we... Aside from how do we, what do we give and for how much we give, let's just say we get past that. Then it's a matter of, well, the only, the only way or the only place I know is social media, but it takes a long time. I know for a fact I built my social media, but it took, it, it took years to get it to a very large size. If someone's coming out with a, 
with a subscription box system, it's going to take time to put this together. So how do we build our community um, so that people know what we have and, and are aware of what we have in the account, in the amount of numbers that we need, let's say, to, to sustain ourselves and to, to make it a nice business? Well, people think that you need to have a large audience to, to sell to. And that's not necessarily true. And I would take a lot of my members as examples for this. If we have the right people in our audience and not just anyone in our audience, that is what's going to make the sale. I just did a podcast episode recently with one of my members, um, Amanda. She was just on YouTube. She would go on YouTube and she would get out her planner and she had made these stickers on her printer, computer and printer, and she would print them out and she would do this planner party with everyone watching and she would show people how she used these stickers to you know, set up her planner every single month. And she did this every month. She wasn't selling anything at that point. She was just showing up on YouTube and she was planning out her planner. And people are like, where did you get those stickers? And she's like, I made them. And like, well, can you sell them? And, and she was like, okay. So she started selling sheets of stickers. Okay. And then it got to the point, how do we get these every month? And that's when her idea for her subscription box came. She had 300 YouTube subscribers, 300. And she sold out of her first 100 subscription boxes on her first launch. She didn't need 3,000 people in that audience. She had 300 of the right people that were watching her planner planner, that were interested in what she was doing. And that's how she sold her first 100 subscriptions. Later that year, she was able to retire her husband from his job. They have their own warehouse now. And it's incredible how her business grew, but it started with 300 people. And that's what we have to really hone into. We have to pick a niche. So a lot of times, and you know, when I watch Shark Tank, they like, go broad. You need to be broad. You need to be for more people. I tell you the opposite. You got to go niche. You got to niche down into something very specific so that you can find your perfect person. And that's exactly what I did with coaching too, because I could have taught people how to start a brick and mortar store. I could have, I could have taught people how to start an e-commerce store. I could have taught people about Shopify, WooCommerce. I could have taught you how to source products. I could have taught you all kinds of things. But I said, no, I'm going to niche down and I'm going to only be for subscription boxes. I'm going to teach people how to start subscription boxes and I'm not going to cloud the message with all these other things that I can teach you. I'm a marketing like genius inside my membership, but I'm not even telling you that I'm going to teach you marketing. I'm going to teach you how to start a subscription box business. And when I niched down, that's why I had so many members my first year. My messaging was the same. My graphics were the same. Everything lined up with someone that wanted to start a subscription box. And I was able to really find my perfect person. I had more paying members in my membership by the end of my first 12 months than I had followers on my Facebook page. So I had 1600 paying members and I had almost like a thousand followers on my Facebook page. I didn't need a big audience. I had been building my email list and I had been building my following, but that email list plus the following is what converted into such a high um, conversion rate during that launch. And so I don't, 
I don't want people to get tripped up with thinking they have to have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, 500,000 followers. I don't want people to think that because that's a hard, that's a hard thing to get to. Tony, you and I both know that, but I'm sitting here telling you, I have about 25,000 followers on my e-commerce page and I have done multi-millions of dollars worth of business. I don't need a hundred thousand followers to have 3000 subscribers. I don't need, I have the right people, the people that love monograms, that people that love those subscription boxes and the people that love to show up live with me every Thursday as I sell stuff in my shop. And that's all we need. We have to find the right person. I love it. What a great takeaway. Now I want to switch a little bit. You have a book called one box at a time. I think It's a lot of what we've discussed here, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. Let me kind of ask it this way. Sarah, what can we learn from your book? So I have basically taken my entire membership and my story, and I have condensed it into these chapters of this book. So basically every chapter is a leg of my journey and it's also the teaching points of how I got to the next step. So you're going to learn how I started the subscription box and then what I did next. And here's what you need to do. And then here's what happened when I did that. Here's what you need to do next. So it's a story of Sarah's journey, but it's also the entire membership condensed into one great book because I did, I'm teaching in my membership exactly how I built my subscription box from 44 to subscribers to thousands. And every chapter, I have one to two stories of one of my students that are particularly good in that action step of that chapter. Um, and so I'm featuring their stories in a different industry, in a different niche. And I'm, I'm telling you how they did it. It might be in a different way that I did it so that you can understand that it's not a one size fits all. I'm going to give you the blueprint. I'm going to give you the whole roadmap. This is exactly how I did it. And so many of my students do it exactly the way I do it because I teach them that. But there's also, here's a different spin on it. Here's how someone else did it in the pet industry. Here's how someone else did it with fresh flowers. Here's how someone did it with a bakery. And so every everything that you can think of, I'm featuring that in the book as well. I like that. And just a fast note that I have some new Patreon videos that I think you'd like to check out. I have a series on monetizing your podcast. I have some videos with some great tips and hacks on LinkedIn. And I have a document for you on some of the biggest mistakes that you don't want to make on social media. And I put up all my videos there now before they go anywhere else so you can watch them first on my Patreon. And there's even more. For example, would you like a shout out on my social media about your business or perhaps some good promotion for your YouTube channel? Or how about get on top of the waiting list to get interviewed on my show? You can do all of that and more by joining my Patreon and joining the tier called Visionary VIP. Just go to patreon.com slash Tony, D-U-R-S-O, and join Visionary VIP. I'll see you there on the inside. And now, back to the chat with Sarah. And I noticed one of your chapters is called Cultivate Community. Sarah, let's discuss some strategy on this. I think it's super important um, as small business owners, um, we have this superpower to just be ourselves and to really build a community around who we are. 
Big brands don't have that power. And so it's something that I teach my members um, to really lean into. And it's really hard for some people to be the face of their brand. They don't want to do it. You know, I battled a lot of self-doubt myself. Like I'm, I'm older, I'm overweight. I'm not tan like all the young girls. Like, you know, I, I had all this self-doubt, like who would want to show up and watch me? And, um, I had to overcome that. And I had to say, you know, I went to look for influencers, right? Because that was the thing back in, you know, 2019, I was going to find me an Instagram influencer to wear my things, open my boxes and just be, you know, the face of the business. And everybody that I found was in their 20s, super tan, super young, super cute. And I was like, my customer doesn't look like that, though. They're moms. We're in our 30s and 40s. We got a few love handles. Like, we don't, we don't look like that. They're not going to be able to relate to them. And it was this, it was this feeling that I had that I, I was the influencer of my business. Ooh, I like because that. My customer looked like me. My customer was me. They were a mom just trying to get their kids off to school every day and, and take care of life. And, um, and, and I knew that because I had the brick and mortar. I got to see them in person. When they walked through my door, I knew who they were and I knew they wouldn't relate to someone like an Instagram model. And so I decided that I was just going to be me. And it was hard at first. I felt like I had to be really prim and proper, really professional. And I would, I would come on and I was scripted and I was really professional. And I was like, one day I just said, y'all, and I was like, I said, y'all, I thought saying y'all would make me look dumb. I am a Southern girl through and through. And that's who loves monogrammed items. And I was like, you know what? Over half of my subscribers are from the South. They say y'all all all the time. I'm going to say it and I'm not going to be embarrassed about it, that that's how I talk. And so when I started to lean into kind of the hot mess person mom that I was like, let me tell you how I spilt my coffee all over myself this morning. I'm live. And I'm just telling these anecdotes of what happened on the way to school or how I lost, I locked my key in the car for that day or whatever. It's like people could relate to me. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be polished. And honestly, people prefer us not to be. They want to feel like someone like me that's like them can do this, they can do it too. And I don't have it all figured out. I wing it every single day. Um, and I and I show up and share that. And so that nobody sits there and feels bad about themselves thinking there's this perfect person on the other side of the screen. And that's really how you build a community. You build a community of like-minded people. If I show up like myself, I'm going to attract people like me. If I show up like someone else, I'm not going to attract people like me and people that liked my style, liked my subscription box. Amazing. Sarah, you're, you're like a, a proud mom with this great big community that you've built. You're nurturing, you're providing, you're caring for them. You, 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 the, the, um, and I understand what it takes to, in a way, not to build a community, but to build something from hand by with your hands and have it grow and have it be big and just be so pleased with it. So happy with it. And I I see that emanating from you. And uh, this is like amazing in terms of some of the takeaways and the knowledge. And one thing we haven't discussed yet, and I want to make sure we, 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 uh, we touch upon it is, is your community. Tell us about your community. You've told us a little bit. There are a lot of, or at least half of them are Southern, but tell us a little bit more about your community and what you provide to them. 
So that's my community on the subscription box side. I have a community for both parts of my business because I think it's very important. So if you're an e-commerce or product seller, you need to build community with those people that are buying from you. You will have so much loyalty. My subscribers buy everything that I have for sale, not just their subscription box. They show up and watch me live every week. But when I started to build a community of entrepreneurs, that was where I, I really realized I was trying to give them a lot of tactical, actionable things to do. And I went through this stage where I realized that they're struggling with their mindset most of all. And so I really got to lean into who I was as a nurturer and someone that serves and be like, you know what? I've had self-doubt too. I didn't want to be the face of my business too. I made a $10,000 mistake on sourcing too. And let me tell you what happened. I've had issues with shipping. Let me tell you how I resolve that. I've done this. And so I am just like fully transparent and I am more transparent in the paid part of my membership than I am on my public free page. I'm very transparent on the public page too. I go live every Monday on the how to start a subscription box Facebook page. It's called Monday Momentum. And I give them like a 15 minute little pet talk for their week. Like, hey, here's something I tried this week. You should try it too. It generated sales for me, you know, and I give them some talk. Sometimes it's a mindset thing. I could see a comment or a post inside my community and I'm like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about cancellations for the month of January. January is the worst month for subscription cancellations because everyone's, you know, doing their New Year's resolution. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's leave this call feeling like you know what your next step is. And so that's something that I do publicly. I do it on YouTube. I do it on Facebook. And, um, when people can connect with you in a free space with our podcast, with our, with our Monday live, they're going to know that they're going to get so much more inside a paid community with you. And so Launcher Box membership has a portal of pre-recorded videos from everything to audience building to launching. And um, they also have a Facebook community. And I show up every week in the Facebook community live, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on my schedule. And I give them value and I help them get unstuck with what they're working on. And I'm very transparent. They relate to me because of me and the kind of business that I run. And I let them know it's okay to make mistakes. And I let them know it's okay to feel um, like unworthy or incapable, but let's get out of that because we're all worthy of that. And I let them know it's okay, but let's move forward. And so it's this constant mindset shift that I'm giving them. And it's a constant like, okay, here's our mindset shift. And now here's what I need you to go do to make, to take action. And so I'm giving them the balance of, I just think 75% of being an entrepreneur has to do with our mindset. And really it's 25% of the things that we actually do, right? I think it's 75%. So I really try to show up and give them that. It's like that mom pep talk. It's like that coach, like, let's get in the game. Let's go. It's halftime. We're down by 10. Let's get up. Like we got to finish strong. And I don't let them kind of wallow in despair. And I would tell you that 95% of my audience is women. And it is because they relate to me. 
because I talk about being a mom. I talk about the things that I go through as a woman and, and they can relate to that. And I want them to feel good about you can be a mom and you can be a great mom and you can still be a hell of a business owner too. And you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. And I live that every day. And I share that with them and I let them know that it's okay to feel inadequate in this area. It's okay to just get back on your feet and you don't have to feel guilty about owning a business and trying to be a mom at the same time. And that's relatable to them. And that's why so much of my audience are women. Totally, totally dig it on that. Mindset is so big because it's it's the difference between working for someone in a job, whatever hours, which... <laughs> I've done it for a long time, so I can say that the pay is not usually very good. Though yeah. it can be steady, it can be st- it can create a little bit of a stability there, and it's very scary to to go out and sell something yourself or provide something right. yourself to be that entrepreneur. But we we that lis- are listening, most of us we're we're familiar with that fear of okay, well I'm going to go do this on my own because it needs yeah. to be done. We'll work more hours, but we ha- and we have a lot more fun. Yes, we can, and we usually do make a little bit more than just working for someone. But it's scary. There's no doubt about it. Any endeavor, is, and when you're an entrepreneur, and I'll say this personally, you've got something going. It's even scary to go add to the business or do something else because there's time, there's money, there's resource to it. But when you do it, you go, "Wow, that worked out." You know. If it if it all came out, so so I get all that, and I think it's it, mindset is so so key on this. So now I'm just thinking with this kind of putting it all together. We, we didn't spend a whole lot of time, but there's so much knowledge here, and I'm thinking, whatever kind of business I have to a degree, and of course we'll have to get your book, check out your lives. We can create something. We can create something unique or or mm-hmm. add it onto our business. And, and I'm just thinking of any tips or advice on, on taking that next step and, and, and reaching out. Perhaps it's just as simple as, you know, go to your site, which is launcherbox.com, right? I said that right? Yeah. And start there. But um, for, for people that don't have a subscription or don't have a community or – and when I say don't have a community, anybody can get on social media and have a community. But I'm talking about a like-minded community – I would love any tips or advice in closing on on growing that and starting that. I do have a free webinar if you go over to my website. It's called 6 and 60, and anybody can take it. But I really take you through the path of um, identifying your ideal customer. Who do you want to sell to? What are we creating this for? And then laying out like your first six months worth of like boxes. Um, and if you don't even know what that is, when you walk into that webinar, it's going to just bring so much to your mind because I'm going to get you to think about your ideal customer. And I'm going to get you to really think about what they're doing in each of these months and what you can provide for them. So if you are, maybe you have, um, some service-based business and you want to provide a physical thing, I'm going to get you thinking about what is your client doing in the month of March? 
What can we give them in the month of, in the month of March that aligns with your business, that aligns with your client, that would serve them in some way? And so I'm going to take you through this exercise because I believe you can't even move forward, Tony, until you can lay out what this looks like. And that's probably what's in your mind right now as we're talking like, I don't even know what this looks like. I can't even imagine figuring out logistics because I don't know what this looks like. And so I help you lay it out. It's, we use post-it notes so that we can move them around and stuff, but I'm really giving you some brain dump thoughts in this in this webinar and we're doing it together and I and at the end of it you get to lay out like oh this is what this could look like for my business and if that means I'm starting from scratch then okay let's start by audience building we know who we want to sell to now we know what we want to do now let's start the process if you already have that audience and we're just looking at building a subscription box onto that business it's like okay I have the audience now let me get busy with the logistics I got to figure out how to buy product I've never bought that before I got to figure out what packaging looks like I've never done that before before. And so um, I love to tell the story of, I have a woman dentist in my membership and she's a dentist. She doesn't buy physical products. She doesn't sell physical products. The most things that she's ever ordered were toothbrushes for her office, right? And she really started, she started a subscription box called The Brighter Life for Dentists, and it was for women dentists. And she really wanted women dentists to get something for themselves. She knew their mindset. She knew what they were dealing with. She knew what they would want. She was that ideal customer. And most of us in my membership are our own ideal customers. So we know what we're looking for. We know what we're thinking. We know what we're feeling. And so she was able to curate this premium subscription box. It was over $100 a month. She knew her audience could afford it. They were dentists. And she curated a special gift for them every single month that really spoke to who they are, what they do, and what they deal with every single month in their practices. And she was so successful with it and she keeps growing and she started a second subscription and she's still seeing patients. But it was just something like that anybody can put together. You don't have to know the things. I'm going to teach you the things. I love it. And I'm just logged on to your website, launchyourbox.com. And where do we find that webinar? I'm just looking So around. right underneath the big picture of me at the top, there's says, like these four little pictures underneath it. One of them says the 6 and 60 workshop, and you can click on that one. I'm looking. I see it. Curating mm-hmm. six subscription boxes in 60 minutes. Free workshop. There it is. All right, you guys, these are the marching orders. Go to launchyourbox.com. Check it out. I'm going to do that because I've just started a Patreon, which is a little bit different. It's it's more digital, but I'm going to see how I can apply or what I can apply apply and how much I can apply to uh, something like a Patreon, which is digital. It's all about digital products, digital this, digital that. And we need digital. There there are... There are needs and requirements for that. So I'm going to take a good look at that. And let's see. So we, once again, we spoke with Sarah Williams. We talked about growing your community. She is the subscription queen. And a, a special thank you for those that listened to the end. And I just want to say I love how Sarah took her vision to reality. And again, I'm, I'm anxious to apply this knowledge to my Patreon. And uh, you can always go to patreon.com slash Tony Tierso. And do me one big favor, guys. Share this with a few friends to help them too, all right? 
Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Sarah, once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate the takeaways and the knowledge. And I really hope that uh, everyone here gets gets the same enthusiasm I do. I know it's not just because I'm Italian, because this was good stuff. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks. Remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go enjoy the weekend.